Hallelujah. So a big hello to those who are joining us online. If you're listening or watching by video, it's great to have you as part of the Connect family. Last week when I uh, did my message, I talked about the tale of uh, two churches. If you haven't heard it, but you can go online and uh, listen to it. But I talked about the fact that when we were in India recently, we visited two churches, church number one and church number two. And they were, even though they're on opposite sides of the road, they were vastly different, vastly different. Uh, church number uh, one, we went in and we were blessed. Church number two, we tried to get in and were stressed uh, because again, we talked about the board lady, the mad board enforcer. There was a board at the church that told you all the rules of what you needed to do to get in. And, and, and uh, of course, then there was the lady enforcer there who was yelling at people and literally uh, telling people, what do you think you are? You think you're a model or whatever? No, I've, I've never thought that. Come on. I mean, it's just like... Uh, Bit of sympathy, bit of sympathy, but the but the thing is, we we went in, and and, and, and of course you you know you know the story. Gia went in, and and uh, I, I sent Gia in because Gia's like, I want to tell this lady, don't mess it. You know, she's like an angel up here, but I tell you, don't mess, don't mess with that girl, don't mess with that girl. She's danger. She's danger. So she goes to that girl and she she said she tells her, you know, how, can can you please explain to me how is the Jesus different in church number one than it is in church number two? And she, of course, the board enforcer lady says, "Don't ask me about Jesus. Don't ask me about Jesus. You go and ask the parish priest. I'm just doing my job." And Jesus said, "Well, you can do it a bit more nicely, couldn't you?" And uh, yeah, I, I know. Don't mess with her. We just when she comes in the house, we just move aside, move aside. <laughs> Don't, don't, you know, it's just, uh, 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 she sings like a butterfly, or what, I don't know, Muhammad Ali, like, she, she got a punch to her, I can tell you that, so, so, uh, again, this is, none of that is in my notes, it's just going with the, with the flow of the Holy Ghost, come on. So, so uh, again, so, so we ended up talking about culture, the culture around uh, that church, because every church has a culture. That church, church number two, has a culture. Church number one had uh, a culture. And I, I said church number one was a come-in kind of culture. It was come-in, be blessed, come-in culture, where the church number two was a keep-out culture. You've got to sort yourself out before you can get yourself uh, into this church. And a lot of the way the churches function is because of culture. Culture. Every church has a culture, including Connect Church. We have a culture uh, that, that makes up why we do what we do and, and who we are. And here's the thing about culture is, though, uh, culture is often unexamined. It's not, it's, it's not examined. It's not uh, uh, assessed. It's usually someone said the Sam Chander, church growth leadership expert, said this. He says, culture is usually unnoticed, unspoken, and unexamined. We don't think about it. It's like air. You don't analyze air. The only people who analyze air are the weather guys, and we watch that for five minutes. They analyze what's going on. We don't analyze the air, yet air is essential to life. Without it, we, we, we die. And so, so again, cultures like that, we don't assess it. We don't think about it. Yet the culture of any uh, uh, church or, or, or family or whatever is essential to life, cultures like that. And you can, you can have a toxic culture. And so I think church number one had a great culture. Again, they seem to be loving. They were open. And, 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 and against love, there's no law. There's no, you don't, I mean, if you do, if you love people, if you love God, if you love people with all your heart, so how many know that you're doing pretty, uh, pretty good? But, but the, the church number two, I think, had a bit of a toxic culture. Maybe they'd never evaluated uh, what was going on there. And that can end up like carbon monoxide. 
You can't see it, you can't feel it, you can't, but you wake up dead. Come on, somebody, if that makes uh, uh, sense. You, you've got to understand how, how culture works um, in those uh, environments. So for any church, it's important that you analyze the atmosphere and, and make sure it's one in which life can exist in the fire brigade. I know when we when we have smoky uh, areas, we'll have a gas thing because we don't know if we can breathe in that place. Okay, we can breathe or not breathe in that atmosphere. I think this is time to take a little detector test and go. Are we? Do we have an atmosphere where people can breathe? The Holy the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. Can the Spirit of God breathe? on our situation and in our lives because we want to be a church that's life-giving, not life-sucking. Can I hear a good... That's a good place to say amen, uh, people. We, we, we want to be that kind uh, of church. But, you know, when I, when I think about the board enforcer lady, uh, I mean, here's the thing. She knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. And because she said to Jesus, she said, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing that. I, I, I'm doing my job. But she didn't know why she was doing it. She didn't know why. She, she said, go ask a priest. Go ask the parish priest. In other words, go ask a leader. Go ask somebody who cares. Go and ask somebody who knows, you know. And so I'm just doing my job. She knew what she was doing, but she didn't know why she was doing it. And sometimes in church life, we, we know what we do, but we don't know why we, we, we do it. And so I want to spend a few weeks, if it's okay with you, but even if it's not, I've got the microphone and that's just how it's going to go. But I want to spend a few weeks just looking at Connect Culture, our Connect Church culture. I want us to, to, to look at the why we do what we do at Connect. And I, I want to start these first uh, few times we have together just, just talking about praise, the whole area of praise. Why do we sing? Why do we have those moments where we, where, where we sing? Why do we start every service with, with praise? Why do we start every uh, service with, with, with songs that we lift up to heaven? Why do we do that? You know what we do. You come in here. Well, we, they do. This is what they do. This is how they do the service. But why do we do that? Why do we praise? Why do we sing? From time to time, people will ask me, hey, are you one of those happy clappy? Uh, uh, I don't know whether you've been accused of a happy clappy. Some of us might just be clappy and not happy. I don't know. But the, the thing is, we can get accused of being one of those cla happy clappy uh, kind of churches, and maybe today you're new to faith. Maybe today you've, you've come in here and you're not a believer. Someone invited you, and because you didn't want to say no, you sort of came in, and it was like, oh, awkward, I've never been here before. But I'm praying this message will help you so you can understand some of the weirdness that goes on in a place like this when, when people are clapping. And why is that guy shouting? Why is that fella dancing? And, and Neil certainly goes over the top, doesn't he? I mean, he's just, he's like, he gets too pumped up on uh, uh, things. So all of that going on, why does this happen? So I pray it'll help you no matter where it finds you on the faith spectrum. But why do we do these things? Why do we do what we do? And uh, can, can I just say this? We, we, as a pastor, I want this church to be a place of vibrant, authentic praise. Thank you, four of you. I want this church. Come on, you got to help me out here. We're talking about praise. 
we, I, I want this, this church to be a place, as a, as a leader, of a, as a pastor, that has vibrant, authentic uh, praise. And let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. There, there are plenty of other churches you could go to. I'm not trying to be mean. Where, where they, they don't want to make a noise. In fact, I know Anita tells me some of the things when she was growing up, when they were in the uh, uh, church or denomination they were in, if you made a noise, you'd get the stare of death. Yeah, I mean, some of you will have had that experience. Or, or you start giggling while the pastor's preaching and you'll feel your mother pinching your... Anybody experience that? And you want to imagine your mama, your mama pinching your body. Say, you better stop now, girl. You better stop. And, and, and so, so uh, you know, there's some churches, they don't want to do that. They want to know, let's just reverence, silence, or, or whatever. Why do we make a noise? Why do we praise like we do? Why do we do that? When I'm, when I'm preaching, I'm, I'm, I'm also, I, I, I think I'm uh, reasonably passionate. I, I, know I, think, I, I think I do that because, again, I think we should be. I mean, for, for me, it's awkward if I, if I came in and, and said, and, you know, uh, and just say, hello, I am over brimming with joy. You'd go like, well, somebody needs to tell your face, pastor. Come on. It's like, so I, I think there should be an authenticness uh, uh, to, uh, to our uh, faith. And so I, I feel that's pretty important. So, so I, I, I think I'm a passionate preacher. I'm pa- I, I, I love it but because I think there should be a sense of people should understand that this guy actually believes what he's actually uh, saying. And if he's not, it's like, what are you doing uh, there? But I, I, the other thing is too, I, I believe that when we meet together, there should be such an outpouring of praise. Pause for a praise. Come on, yeah, yeah. It should be an outpouring of praise. Yes, we're going to improve on that as the weeks go on. So there should be an outpouring of praise that, so that when people do come, if someone's not a believer or whatever, that they can see it's like okay, that you guys actually. That's one thing for me to, but you you're actually uh, going. Yeah, I I I, I believe this. I I think God, I, I've got saved. God's turned uh, my life around. If you're sitting there like. How many know that's not very convincing? I don't know. And we're all going through different stuff and stages at life, but we want to have that place where, where people, uh, uh, because they watch you and see you, would go, oh man, I think not only does the pastor believe it, you guys believe it. And I think that's, that's pretty important that these people actually genuinely and authentically are excited about God. But, everybody say but. Can I say that even though that is a good reason in and of itself to praise, that is not the reason that we praise. We're not trying to impress anybody. I don't know about you. I'm not trying to impress uh, anybody. I'm not trying to go watch my moves. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to impress anybody. The reason we praise, the reason in Connect Church why we desire a culture of praise is because I believe the Bible tells us so. The Bible tells us, the Word of God tells us that we are to be a people of praise. Paul the Apostle said this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. He said this, you'll know the Scripture well. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And just in case you haven't got it, I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. In the message version uh, of the Bible, which is definitely not the one Jesus used, but here we go. In the message version of the Bible, it says this, Celebrate God all day, every day 
I mean revel in him. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel in him. We praise God because we understand that praise is a powerful tool for our everyday life. Not just for our services. Praise is not just the thing that we do for a few minutes, two fast songs, two slow songs, and a little emotional tag at the end. Can you understand? Praise is not just something we do on a Sunday for a few. You need to say amen. I need to know that you're getting this. It's not just something we do on a Sunday. It's something that's to be a part of our Christian Life. Rejoice in the Lord always, not just when you come to church, not just at the 9.15 service or whatever the time it is, 9.30 service. Well, well, we're to rejoice always. Everybody say always. always. It's not an optional extra for our life. It's to be a normal and vital part of the Christian life. That, that's how, how it should be and, and we have to uh, get that in our spirits. And you, you, you might say, "Well, well, Pastor, I agree. I, I, I agree. Amen and amen, Pastor. Under normal, because it's a normal part of our life. Under normal circumstances, I, I, I agree. We should praise God. But you ain't had a week like I had, Pastor." You ain't had the problems I had. I mean, I'm just telling you, I can't even say it in church, Pastor, but I had a week where, you know, the stuff hit the fan. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and my week has been difficult. You don't know the type of week, Pastor, that I have, uh, I have had. All hell has broken loose in my, uh, my situation. And you've you, you, you got to see what's going on in my life. And so when you stand up there, Pastor, knowing the week that I've had and hearing what you're saying, you can understand, Pastor, how it's a little bit difficult for me to get my praise shoes on. Come on. Anybody had weeks like that? I mean, it's just like, it's just a bit difficult to get my praise shoes, praise shoes on. And I get that because we all have difficult days. We all have stuff and we all have things where, where, where we just, have you ever had a day where you just want to be grumpy? It's just like, I just like, I just want to be grumpy today. Come on, honesty now. Any had a day you'll want to be grumpy. Hopefully, hopefully it's not today because this sermon will just, you know, wreck you. But the, 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 the things you have those days, I just want to be grumpy. I just want to be mad. I, I understand that we all have difficult days, right? I got it. We all have uh, difficult days. But ha- however, we do not live, we do not live by our feelings. We live by faith. Come on, we're not meant to live by how we feel. We're meant to live by, for thank you, those five people over there. We're meant to, they're like, they're feeling great today. I mean, they're just awesome. But, but they're, 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 again, we're, we're to walk by faith. We're going to be people who, who live by the Word of God. By the Word of God. What it says about our situation, how we do it. We're, we're not to uh, uh, decide what, how we're going to respond. We, we, get, we need to allow the Word of God to speak to our lives and to speak to our situation. So no matter what you're going through, we still have got to realize that the Bible says rejoice. The Bible says rejoice always, not just when stuff's going well, not just when stuff's going how you thought it should go. We should rejoice always. In fact, the Greek word is pantote. I don't know how to say because I don't speak Greek. But everybody say pantote like an Italian. Pantote, come on, darling. Uh, So pantote means every when at all times evermore. Every when at all times evermore. So when the Bible says always, it means every when. Every when. 
I don't know what, what you're going through, but everywhere, whatever it is, everywhere, you just, you just pray. At all times, at all times, that means at no time is there to be a time when you're not praising Him. Evermore. Meaning every day, in every situation, and in every circumstance, when it all goes well, even when you're getting flustered because your day's going to custard, come on somebody, you are called to rejoice. Oh, I'm preaching good today. At all times. Now, you think, what does Paul know? Sipping on his bubbly in the south of France in his villa, saying this, writing this type of stuff. <laughs> Sipping on a champagne, big apostle. The reality is when Paul wrote this, he was under house arrest. When Paul wrote the book of Philippians, see, see, see Paul is practicing his preach. Uh, he's practicing his preach. He's, he's not telling you, here's a nice philosophy, how you can live your uh, life while he sips his champagne in the south of France overlooking his vineyards. He's not, he's not doing that. He is under house arrest. In fact, not just for a few days. I mean, he's stressing out. He's got his ankle bracelet on. He's got the staff, the parole boards watching and all of that type of thing. He can't move out of his house. He is locked up. He is incarcerated. And, and yet at the same time, he's writing rejoice, guys. And again, I want to tell you, just rejoice. He's, he's not giving you a theory. He's practicing his preach. He's telling you this is how we should live. When we face circumstances that we, 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 we think are difficult, when we face circumstances that we think are tough, this is how I want you to live. He was locked up and under house arrest for two years, eventually released, only soon to be re-arrested and thrown into a dungeon and eventually executed. He knows what he's talking about here. He understands the principle that's at work here. He's not just giving you a theory. He was practicing his preach. In fact, letters like the second epistle, epistle just means letter, you hear people say, turn to the epistle of Timothy. That just means letter, turn to the letter that he wrote while he was in prison. The second letter to Timothy was written under house arrest and under lockup, under lock and key. He knows what he's talking about. He's experienced the difficulties that we too can sometimes uh, experience. And in Acts chapter 16, we, we have a graphic picture. We have a graphic picture of what goes on. And you've got to understand, he, he, he struggled with real pain. It wasn't just the internet going down. Can I, can I hear it? Yeah, come on, it wasn't just a, I got my neck, God, what's happening? I mean, it wasn't just, I mean, it was a real trial. Come on, somebody. Tap your neighbor and say, you need to hear that. Come on. I mean, it's just like, it was a real trial. Okay, not just the internet happening. Okay, and in Acts chapter 16, this is what it says. Listen to this. The story. They, they, they get thrown into prison. Paul and Silas get thrown into it. So we have an actual account of what happens to them in a prison. So they're thrown into prison. And, and, and I guess when they woke up that morning, this happened sort of later in the day, I, I, I'm guessing they didn't wake up and say, let's get chucked into prison today. How many of us have started our day one way and it's ended up in another way? And you've, you've, it's just like, they, they didn't start out thinking, let's do this. Life happens to us. There's, there's stuff that goes on. And with Paul, but what I want you to observe in this is just watch Paul and Silas' response to their circumstances as he practices his preach. It says in Acts 16, verse 22, it says, the magistrate 
ordered them to be first stripped. Now, that's pretty embarrassing for a start. Okay, I embarrassed myself. You know, come on, it's just like, oh, that's the mirror. Shut it. I mean, I mean, they, they, they were stripped, beaten. They had lost their dignity. They had lost their dignity right, right there. They weren't just thrown into prison. The Bible says they were stripped. They were stripped. Then it says they were beaten with rods. I don't know if you've ever seen people beaten with stuff. I have. I sat down here last year with Anita and Sangeeta and Prem, and we told you the story of how in India we were, uh, had some rings stolen, and uh, the police came along. I had to actually bring the police there and, and, and my vehicle, and then they got out, and they started beating and kicking people, and, and one of the people they kicked was Sangeeta and, and just kicked her. Then they took the two guys, the painters, who, who they thought stole the jewelry from uh, our house, and as we went into this little police station I can see through the window through the window they just start pulling out these things and they are beating them like, boom, boom, so I know I've seen what it is to, for, for people to be beaten in fact we dropped the whole whole case because we're like no 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 this is not what, what we it might get the desired result but it's not what we're looking for and so we said, oh, no, just forget it. Just don't worry. Don't worry. This is not, you know, the way things should be done. So this is, this is their circumstances. They're not, they're not just stripped. They're not just beaten with rods. Not just with their, they're beaten with rods. And then it says they were severely flogged. It says, after they were stripped, beaten with rods, and severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell. What does that mean? It means no room with a view. They were in the deepest, darkest dungeon of the prison. The, the one most reserved for the, the baddest of the bad, the worstest of the worstest, if that's even a word. But, but they, were, they, were, they were reserved for that part of the prison. And, 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 and to add insult to injury, that's not how they, they didn't just throw them in there. It says, then they put their feet in stocks, and I'm not talking Wall Street with some of the stuff that's happening. They put their feet in stocks so they could hardly even move around. That was their situation. Worship team, you can come. Turn to your person next to you and say, I've got to get my praise on. You've got to get ready. How many know to be stripped, beaten with rods, severely flogged, thrown into an inner dungeon, locked in stocks? How many know that on anybody's scale, that's a pretty bad day? <laughs> Come on. I mean, on anybody's scale, that is a pretty sucky day. That's a day you're going to go, hmm. Was it, yeah, I wish I stayed in bed. I was going to sleep. I just should have just switched the TV on, just relaxed or whatever. This was a pretty bad day. You can play some tinkly, tinkly stuff. That's all I can think of right now. Twinkle, twinkle. I got a granddaughter. I'm twinkling, twinkling. It's a bad day on anybody's situation. But what I want you to do is I want you to watch their response I want you to watch their response because again you're going to turn up here week after week you're going to wake up on days and you know your Sunday went great but Monday's going bad you know you can't just wait for seven more days to get to church and go I can get my praise I've got to get my praise on where, where I'm at watch their response it says in verse 25 about midnight 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. In other words, they were getting their praise on. Now, in the King James Version of the Bible, it doesn't use the word hymns because I might go, well, we don't sing hymns here. We bring them back. We should sing. And every now and then we do sing one. But actually in the King James Version, it actually says they sing praises to God. They sing praises to God. It doesn't use the word hymn. They sang praises. The meaning behind him is really to celebrate God in song. To celebrate God in song. They, they began in their prison, in that situation, in their difficult hour, to celebrate God in song. In other words, getting their praise on. Remember, they had been stripped. They had been beaten with rods and flogged. They have every right to complain. They have every right to have a bad attitude. They have every, but we do not find them grumbling. We don't find them complaining. We don't find them, I think what we do find is they had an attitude of gratitude that something in them started to sing. Something in them started to praise. Because listen, thing about praise is it's not about what's happening to you. Praise is more about what's happening in you, not to you. Because if if it's about what's happening to you, you're going to have things that are like, well, this this is not a praiseworthy situation. You look at this from the outside, you go, this is not a praiseworthy. You've probably got situations going on right now in your life. You're going, this is not a problem. I'm not praising God for that. You're not praising God for what's happening to you. You're praising God because of what's going on in you. Come on, somebody. What's happening on the inside? We pray from the inside out. It says, it says as they began to sing, as they began to praise, it says the other prisoners were listening to them. Can I just say, follower of Jesus, know this. When you go through trials, other people are going to be listening and watching how you respond. Come on. If we, if we respond no differently to how the world does, why, why would they want to follow? If you're the same, well, you, you get mad and sway your head off. Why would they? You're just the same as what, what everyone else is doing. Why would I want to follow that? The people will watch. They will listen. All the other prisoners. So let's face it, probably all the rest, they were innocent. I don't know about all their other guys, but they're probably pretty bad dudes. But it says they were listening, they were listening, they were watching, they were wondering what's going on. They could hear the singing in, 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 in the midnight, midnight hour. People will watch and listen. They'll watch you as you go through trials and through battles. They'll see how you handle them, what's different about you and here's the thing about Paul or and Silas they, they, they were they're there locked up in that situation like I said you instead of hearing a, a grumbling you hear an attitude of gratitude and look what happened as they praised and prayed you 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 know the story in verse 26 it says suddenly as they were praying and as they were praising as they were lifting their praise up it says suddenly there was a 
violent earthquake. Give us some drums like a violent earthquake. Come on. And the whole prison. That's a, probably a two on the Richter scale. Yeah. But the whole place shook. The whole place shook. And, and, and the, 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 it was shook to the foundations. The foundations of the prison were shaken. It says, at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's, not just theirs, everyone's, everybody say everyone, everyone's chains came loose. Everybody say loose. Oh, come on, say like a black man now. Loose. They came loose. See, all I'm saying to you today is I don't know what situation or circumstances you feel have stripped you of your dignity. I, I don't know what in life has beaten you down. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what situation has got you locked up and chained tight. But what I do know is that the Bible tells me, the Word of God tells me that as Paul and Silas praise God in the middle of their darkest night, in the middle of their greatest pain, that which contained and restrained them was loosed. That which contained and restrained them was loosed. What's containing or restraining you? You come in and just like, oh no, I can't. I don't praise. I know Neil's going crazy up there. Might sound like the angels or whatever, but I, 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 I can't praise him. But see, in the midst of their darkest hour, in the midst of that midnight, midnight hour, whatever was what was holding them, as they began to praise him. Oh, and it doesn't always mean. Doesn't always mean your situation's going to fix up. We, 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 we have the Daniel and the lion's den and we, uh, we, we know Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, we have those stories, but they were like, hey, hey, I mean, we're, we're going to stand for God. He can rescue us. But even if He doesn't, I'm, we're going to praise Him. We're going to worship Him. We're, this is not about, hey, God, come and fix this. Uh, this is about knowing who He is in you, that He is worthy of praise no matter what situation we're going through. What's constraining you? What's restraining you? Why not praise Him in the midst of it? That's why we praise every Sunday. That's why I'll get up here, no matter how I'm feeling. I don't come in here going, going oh, I feel like this, so I can't really do it. No, no, I come in here. That's the culture we want to set in the life of the church. That's why we praise like we do. That's why we make a noise. That's why we say, come to the front. That's why we clap our hands. That's why we might let out a shout every now and then. That's why I say, come on, welcome uh, welcome Him. Because I understand that in praise, there is breakthrough. And in praise, I know prison doors that can fly open. I know that the that, that change can be loosed if we would only only do that so today what's containing you what's restraining you I'm asking you today would you praise him in the midst of it because you understand praise is potential to unlock doors loosen chains and here's the other beautiful thing about the scripture 
as, as they did it, it didn't just loosen their chains, it loosened the other people's chains who were there. Understand there's a part of it when we create an atmosphere of praise that that breaks other people's chains because maybe they're not where you're at. Maybe they can't do what you do, but as you do it, it it allows chains to be broken. Oh, I'm preaching good today. It allows chains to be be broken. That's why every Sunday I praise loud. That's why every Sunday, Sunday, last Sunday after the service, I could hardly sing because some of the worship team thinks, that's good. Uh, but I, I had my cold. Because you have to understand the pain that I put some of these guys through because I'm in their ears, literally. They're, they've got things in their ears. And sometimes I don't even know the song, so I'm going... <laughs> and they're like, who is that? That's our lead pastor. Thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> I'm like, I want to give him my best. might say, well, I don't want to overdo it, you know, I don't want to overdo it. But Matthew Henry, the great commenter of the Bible, said this. He said, be not afraid of saying too much in the praises of God. All the danger is of saying too little. It's like, no, I'm not going to praise it. Don't, don't, don't be afraid I might be, I'm overdoing it. Don't be afraid of overdoing it. All the dangers in saying nothing. 16th century preacher William Secker said this, so true, a drop of praise is an unsuitable acknowledgement for an ocean of mercy. Well, don't turn up to church to give a drop of praise, people. Don't turn up to church to just go, little. I'll just throw my little contribution. Let's give him our very best. Let's give him our very best. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I, I can feel a praise break coming on. I think it's important now we... Come on, stand up wherever you, wherever you are. I don't know what's containing or restraining you. I don't know what's holding you back. I don't know what you need loosed. I don't know what you need to see broken. But I do know if you would praise Him at this moment, who knows what God can do. Maybe it's a health situation. Maybe it's something in your life. Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's a habit. It's like, flip this habit, drags me up the wall. But I don't know what what, what it is. But maybe you, 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 you've you held back and saying, because I don't feel worthy to praise Him. I don't feel worthy to praise Him. Friend, I want to tell you, all of sin that falls short of the glory of God. None of us feel worthy. We are made worthy through what Christ has done on the cross. Oh, would you praise Him. Oh, would you lift up His name in this place and allow that which is containing you and restraining you to set you free. Sing me something. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is our praise. Maybe some of you here today, you're in a dungeon. Maybe you're like that prisoner and you're listening 
you're listening maybe maybe you haven't ever given your life to Christ you're, you're listening use this moment use this moment even now maybe you've never come but like, like those other people in the prison you've, you, you've heard you're hearing a, a sound and maybe for you your life's been tied up for a long time Paul and Silas were there overnight but maybe you've been in prison for a long time maybe you've been in prison struggling and battling for a long time why not sing why not praise them why not allow those prison doors to finally open come on let's sing yes Monday, but for not just for Sunday, but for Monday and for Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, whatever the days of the week, eight days a week, it can make a difference in your life. But I want us to, in our next few moments, we're going to let out a shout. We're going to praise them over whatever our situation. Maybe you can speak it. We're going to make such a noise in here. We're going to speak over and break over stuff in our lives that need to be broken. We're going to praise them in the midst of it. That I, Lord, I struggle with that, but I praise you. I'm battling with this, but I praise you. Come on, are you ready? Three, two, one. Let's come on. Let's praise them. We worship you. We worship you.
next week as we continue to speak on this because I want us to get it. Why, why we do it? There's a lot of Christians, the reality is we live in a world where Christians don't know what they believe or why they believe it or why do we do it? Why do we praise? Why do we do it? We'll talk about what we praise. We'll say, I want to eventually look at the seven words that that are translated into one English word, praise. What, what do those words mean? And how do they affect our, our lives? So I really want us to dig into this and then move on to different parts of the other stuff that we do. Why? I really felt while I was in India, just really strongly in my spirit that it's, it's really time to look at it. I, I want to look at stuff that we're having to deal with, even just in our nation. And just I mean, euthanasia and all that. What, what are we doing? around that the whole gender thing how I mean I'm taking I'm risks here but the thing is we I, I, I gave free speech the ability to just say without offending people there are so many things where believers are, are, are trapped up and they, they know they don't know what they believe or why they believe it or why yeah, abortion that I want to lay a culture so we understand what it is and why we're doing what we're doing. These are important days, people. Important days for the church to have a voice, not to be quiet, but to speak. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I can just have the lights up a little bit. Just stay standing. If you're here today and you know you're like that person listening in the prison. You, you've never given your life to God. You've never said yes to Him. You've never said, but you're, you're aware now, I need to get right with God. I'm, I'm far away from Him. Well, friend, I want to tell you in the next few moments, I want to pray a prayer, a prayer that says, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. And as I do that, I want to invite you, if you're here today and you say, that's me, Pastor, I need, I need to pray that prayer today. I need to pray that prayer. I'm going to count to three and just get you, put your hand up and that, that prayer, that's just like, just include me in that prayer. I need to get right with God. So I've got stuff going on. Maybe you're backslidden. I don't know, whatever. That means you've, you've, walked, you've known what it is to walk with God and now you've just, well, but you're here today. You're not here by accident. You're not here by accident, my friend. And you know I need to get right with God here today. With every head bowed and every eye closed right across this auditorium. If that's you, if you're saying, Pastor, that's me, I need to get included in that prayer. I need to get right with God. Would you put your hand up right up nice and high so I can see it really high so I can see it. Anybody here? Thank you. Thank you down the back there. Anyone else? You know you, know you need to get right with God today. Anyone else here? Maybe you've been walking with God and you've, you've let your faith walk slip. Anyone else? Nice and high so I can see it. All right. Let's pray the prayer. Join with that person who's put the hand. We're all going to pray together, but this prayer is especially for you. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Cleanse me of my sin. I repent and turn from my sin. Help me to walk in your ways from this day forth. Be the King of my life. This I ask.